Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you like trains... If you like vintage trains, then this is the podcast for you. Exactly. It's the uh, Morton's Heritage Railway podcast, edition three. Fantastic. And uh, we're delighted to actually uh, welcome once again to the uh, wonderful world of Morton's Heritage Railway podcast, uh, the uh, fabulous Jeff Thompson, who's our facts and figures guru in the studio. It comes to matters to do with steam enthusiasts and train. How are you, Jeff? Um, very well, thank you. Excellent. And online, uh, doing wonderful things, as he did, of course, for edition two, of course, uh, author and general wonderful uh, editor Robin Jones. How are you, Robin? Oh, very well, thank you. So have you recovered from the excitement of what we're going to be focusing on in this second edition, or sorry, third edition, effectively, of the podcast? All of that uh, really exciting stuff we did uh, when you were live for the unveiling of, uh, of the great trains and, and, and so on. Well, it's getting even more exciting. It's hotting up. Um, at the moment, um, the great goodbye, which is the display of the six surviving LNERA4 Pacifics at the Locomotion Museum in Children, is um, midway um, through its nine-day stint, and it's attracting record crowds. Um, it has taken the northeast of England by storm. Mm. Jeff, as a northeasterner, you must feel very proud about this because you've got some amazing facts and figures about the cost uh, that it actually took to get this whole exhibition, this once-in-a-lifetime exhibition of trains coming across on this basis. Uh, not the cost, Alex, okay. but uh, I gather that because of the huge numbers, and uh, and they were absolutely huge numbers that uh, came to visit, um, the event from the 3rd to the 17th was 138,481 visitors mm. and the 22nd of November to the uh, sorry the, the October the 22nd mm. to November the 11th 108,419 and although admission was free the increase in sales in the shops and uh, refreshments and so on and so forth uh, went a heck of a long way to paying for the repatriation. And there were people who actually claimed, why were we wasting all this money as well? Ridiculous. You know, it's great stuff. Well, anything you do is, is apt <laughs> to get well, criticism. Well, well, I think there was one lone voice about yeah. a year ago in another publication. But um, bear in mind that most of the cost of the repatriation was sponsored by different bodies. You know, the movement of the locos, the shipping costs, the, the dockyard costs... Um, um, it, um, the, the overall, the net cost to the museum was just a tad under um, £250,000, but because of the sales of the museums, um, they've asked people for a donation of £3 when they went into the museum at um, York, which people were happy to pay. The, the Science Museum Group itself has turned in half a million pound profit 
Uh, I, I don't think really you can quibble um, with figures like that. You can't say that's a waste of taxpayers' money. Absolutely you know, the, uh, not. Absolutely the general public not. is half a million pounds to the better because of it. Even if, it, even if I'd only broken even, to think mm. uh, the, the opportunity was there to reunite six you know, iconic locomotives uh, because, of course, this all happened because of the uh, Mallard breaking the, the speed record for steam, still standing um, on the 3rd of July, 75 years earlier. And uh, the chance of reuniting all six and seeing them all together was, uh, if it was at all possible, it just had to be done, didn't it? Well, nobody believed it was possible. The one guy with the vision was Steve Davis, the former director of the National Railway Museum, who will be giving a speech at the um, events dinner on Friday night, in which I'll be attending. But um, he came up with the idea of um, borrowing the two from the North American museums, and everyone said, don't be silly, they'll never let those go. We've been trying to buy them for 50 years, and they won't sell. But he struck a deal um, where we borrowed them back for up to two years, restored them cosmetically, um, had the three um, great gathering uh, exhibitions, and then sent them back, and the Americans and the Canadians are very happy with it. Well, you know, if Lincoln can lend the Americans a Magna Carta, I'm sure they can lend us a couple of streaks. Well, yeah, especially as we, we have uh, something to do with the design of them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up in this podcast, we'll get a reprise of an interview which, as you just find him yourself, uh, Robin, is the Elvis Presley of the uh, the fabulous world of Heritage Railway. Yes, no less postage than Sir Nigel Gressley, uh, who was gracious enough to give us a few moments uh, at the official unveiling we spoke about. We'll be speaking to Brian Sharp as well. Uh, and, of course, we've got uh, some special news from the fabulous Joe about a wonderful Heritage Railway app that's actually available uh, for uh, a remarkable or a remarkable sort of price of uh, 69 English pence. Amazing, really. It can be downloaded in all sorts of ways. But that's to come. Uh, if you're happy to stay with us, uh, Robin, um, we're going to actually go with the Nigel Gresley piece now, if that's OK, and then come back to you and have some more sort of reflections on uh, how things are developing and also some of the, the upcoming things, which, if you're listening to this uh, ahead of, obviously, the uh, 20th of February, etc., and you've downloaded the, the, the system for, from that point of view, you might sort of find uh, of, of some use and interest and if you're not and you're listening to it as part of a, a podcast package you want to collect all things together well it's it's a wonderful bit of momentary heritage so were well, you happy to stay with us robin yes i certainly will be yeah. excellent and, and so nigel gresley as we rightly said the uh, uh wonderful in fact introduce uh, this this particular piece robin i mean so nigel gresley uh, for people who are sort of uh, are not for, are familiar with his his heritage and his his obviously his grandfather um why is he such an important figure in the notion of uh, locomotive engines and so on well, basically, he, um, he honed the steam locomotive concept to perfection. Um, the London North Eastern Railway, which had appointed him as chief mechanical engineer, was in um, competition with the, its rival, the London Midlands and Scottish Railway, on the routes from London to um, Scotland, to see who could bring the time down. And uh, Nigel Gresley came up with a string of uh, Pacific locomotives, that is, steam engines with a 462 wheel arrangement, the most famous of all probably is um, the A3 Pacific Flying Scotsman, which, as we know, is under repair. But um, he followed that up with the uh, Art Deco streamlined um, A4 Pacifics, of which um, Silver Link number 2509 was the first. It set its own record. But then Mallard, which was Gresley's favourite engine, something to do with the fact he kept Mallard ducks in his pond at his house in Hertfordshire, um, 
Um, it set this world steam speed record, um, knocking about two um, uh, two miles an hour off the uh, German world speed record, which um, I think gladdened many people's hearts back in 1938. Absolutely, and the first question but, we actually put to um, Sir Nigel Gresley, or rather his his uh, uh, connection for it from that point of view, was how excited he was with respect to obviously the event itself. Uh, it's been Mallard's year last year. Yes, yes. Because he's celebrating the 75th anniversary when he broke the world speed record. Be, absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. And now, I, I'm looking at present at a photograph from uh, your own collection the Tim Godfrey collection of, of a young, a very young Tim Godfrey with your grandfather Nigel Gresley and I think you're actually standing on the uh, uh, the railings looking sort of I- into the future really in all sorts of ways there. <laughs> yes. Great, great stuff. About three. I was about three years old, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as I just mentioned to Robin, uh, the photograph that he took of uh, uh, you recreating the official launching of the Dominion of Canada, uh, when, in fact, you actually were on the uh, the, footplint, uh, the, foot, the footplate, I should say, uh, of the Dominion of Canada, yes. of, of Canada with, of course, the current Canadian High Commissioner, Gordon Campbell. Yes, indeed. Mm. Um, well, Robin's uh, magazine, Heritage Railway, which is just one of the... Uh, Better magazines in the railway world. Indeed. Uh, also featured my grandfather in 1937 with the High Commissioner of Canada of that day. And so I was asked if I would symbolically um, reenact the handover of Dominion of Canada to the present High Commissioner of Canada. Mm. And uh, it was a, a great fun event. <laughs> And I've got to say, I do like the blue plaque that was uh, set up for uh, uh, Netherseal Rectory, of course, where Nigel Gresley spent his childhood, where we actually have Sir Nigel Gresley, 1876 to 1941, pioneering railway engineer, designed the Mallard and Flying Scotsman steam locomotives, and of course advanced the modernisation of Britain's railway network, spent his childhood at at this rectory, uh, Derbyshire County Council. uh, uh, His father was the vicar. Yes. And um, it was Derbyshire County Council who did the blue plaque. They do their own blue plaques. And the um, leader of Derbyshire County Council and I jointly unveiled the plaque. It was a great honour to be invited. Mm. Uh, I'm just looking at you at the uh, photograph of your good self on a family picnic, actually, here, which is, is very good, where we actually have a family dog as well. Do, do, does the dog have a name, or, or has it sort of faded away into the mists of time? Is it a Springer or a Labrador? I think it's a Springer. I think it's a Springer Spaniel. I think the one we're looking at. If it's a Springer, it was called Pushy Boot. Nice. Yeah. You see, I mean, if if it's a Labrador, it's called Jock. Ah, well, you see, I mean, either Pushy Boot or Jock would have been ideal names, I think, for another sort of railway design engine, possibly. But, you know... <laughs> oh, oh, well, he named an awful lot of his locomotives after birds. Indeed, yes, is, is working for I, sh- I share his interest in birds, and in, in fact, I also breed uh, wildfowl, ducks and geese. I mean, it, it, again, just looking at the, the whole experience, do, clearly apart from the ornithological aspects of the whole thing, uh, it's really aspects like today that, that really give you a sense of the tremendous uh, heritage and indeed influence that British engineering actually had, certainly in terms of steam and transport uh, globally, not just in Britain. Indeed, yes, and he died in harness, sadly. Mm. Uh, he didn't retire, he died before he retired, and um, he had so many plans in mind, electrification of trains and so on, which uh, he never actually got to fully develop, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But he was way ahead of his time. 
What has been the key? That's okay. No, that's fine. (laughs) It's 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 all great stuff. It gives a a sense of actuality of the whole piece, which is 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 wonderful. Uh, I don't know if you can just about still still hear us from that. What what has been the the highlight for yourself? I mean, in terms of trains, I mean, obviously we talked about favourites and and uh, Mallard, obviously uh, very much at the uh, the front of the whole thing, celebrating as we said seventy five years uh, in terms of the whole piece. Is that your own favourite, or is there another one of the trains that your grandfather actually designed that you think actually I, I feel that's often unloved and i'd like to speak up for that particular uh engine which which one uh, are, are there any other favorites that you have or is the mallard your own particular favorite as well well mallard is a world speed record of yes, course yes uh, which it broke in 1938 mm-hmm. uh, and that's why it's been celebrating its 75th anniversary this uh, last year 2013 absolutely but um the 100th a4 pacific which he designed was named after him, the Sir Nigel Gresley. Yes. And that is running, that's in full running order, and that's based at the North Yorkshire Moors Railway. Uh, And it runs on that line and also uh, on um, open uh, public lines. And do you have a favourite yourself in terms of, if if I was to push you, as as the grandson of of, of Sir Nigel, is there a particular area which you think, yeah, actually, I've always liked that particular train? Well, I suppose Sir Nigel Gresley, which was named after him, was a magnificent locomotive. Right, right. I've been on the footplate several times, and it is uh, as impressive as Mallard is. Yeah, absolutely. They're all the finest locomotives. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose They're built for speed. It, it, if, we, if we cast your mind back to, to, to being uh, Sir Nigel's grandson, obviously working that, was it, were you in the ideal position? Because most grandchildren, they might have a train set to play with. You actually had real trains yeah. potentially to work with. <laughs> I also had a train set because on my first birthday, my grandfather gave me a Hornby W O gauge um, locomotive, Sir Nigel Gresley, with carriages and a track, mm. and it was clockwork, which right. made it most uh, unusual. Because uh, shortly after that, Hornby joined up with Triang and became um, they had electric trains with three rails to begin with. Right, right, yes, yes. So that was a treasured possession right the way through until about 18 years ago when our house was hit by lightning. Mm. And unfortunately the uh, the, the model was uh, destroyed in the fire. Right. Tim, there are so many memories. I mean, I think we need to set up a whole series of programmes just to, to share with yourself, uh, obviously, memories of, <laughs> of, of, of Sir Nigel Gresby and, and the whole thing. But thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's been uh, truly wonderful. Oh, there we are. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank and, you for your courtesy. It's mm, nice to speak to you. Not at all. I'd absolutely like it. If you pass the phone back to uh, to Robin Jones, that'd be wonderful. So uh, there we are. If uh, I can find uh, him, where's oh, he gone? Oh, <laughs> he's, 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 probably yeah, off, he's, he's, he's probably off taking photographs somewhere and doing various other yeah. things. I think he probably so, is. Yeah, it's, what, it's what he does. Anyway, nice to speak to you. Likewise, all the very best. Uh, okay. a, a, a true uh, legend there. Uh, and, uh, of course, just a reminder, you're listening to a uh, Morton's Heritage podcast. And uh, in case uh, you, you like to sort of uh, access things, you can go on Facebook and access a whole range of details. Uh, plus, of course, there's always this. Hi, this is Rob Nichols. From Fly to the Moon, you're listening to the Morton's Heritage Railway podcast. Thank you. Okay, there we are. Uh, just battling through there. And of course, see, he hasn't gone off taking photographs because he's actually just at the other end of the telephone. Robin Jones is, is still there. Uh, as we said, though, I think I was so excited. I was, oh, it was not Sir Nigel Gresley, it was Sir Nigel Gresley's grandson, Tim Godfrey, we were speaking to there. A uh, very important person. And uh, I mean, how did it feel from your own point of view, Robin, to actually have a chance to chat to, to Tim and obviously be there at the great event yourself? Well, you know, 
obviously it's an honour to be, you know, to me, to um, a direct descendant of probably the greatest locomotive engineer in history. Hmm. Um, is that true, Jeff? I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting Robin's word here, but I mean, from your point of view, the greatest long locomotive engineer in history, Nigel Gresley. Uh, one of them. One of them. Well, you, you, <laughs> it's always an apples and pears, but he was, he was, he was um, a tremendous designer. And just run through some of his achievements. His, um, the use of three cylinders, mm. given that uh, there's a constraint on the size that locomotives can be with a loading gauge, and in particular uh, the LNER had that constraint, and his, his uh, conjugated valve gear, which meant they only needed to use two sets of Walshaw's valve gear instead of three, um, was fantastic. And uh, he went with Pacific against uh, a, lot of, a lot of people's perceptions of what was required in the UK and of course the Flying Scotsman was the first locomotive credited officially with running at 100 miles an hour and um, and then we know about Mallard but he also um, articulated railway carriages way back because um, he had a very long and distinguished career um, he, he started up in carriage works and he, uh, he served his apprenticeship with London and North Western if I'm not mistaken and um, Tremendous achievements. He did actually build an electric locomotive, and he would have electrified railways. Um, the war prevented that from happening, and of course, sadly, he died. Um, but just before he died, he did uh, design an electric locomotive, the 6701 Bobo electric locomotive. He, he designed in all 11 locomotives for the Great Northern Railway before 1923, and 14 steam engines in one electric locomotive. And had he survived, had things been different, I have no doubt, um, he would have been tremendous, uh, a tremendous... Um, the achieving engineer even more than he was but he was one of the giants without a shadow of a doubt and a scientific person as well i mean he he came from the craft background but he was very very keen on science on uh, plants which assess the performance of steam like a meadows and could improve um, steam flow and and valve events and so on to increase efficiency to use less coal less water go faster and have more power and uh, he it has been said that he took steam to its ultimate, and there is there is little doubt that in fact he did achieve that because uh, his his uh, A4 Pacifics were not only the fastest; they were amazing machines. They um, when when they spent a fortune and produced diesel locomotives to try and replace them, um, they weighed uh, almost as much and delivered about twenty five percent less. Uh, ultimate pulling power and uh, drawbar draw horsepower. We know they caught up eventually, but uh, he took seams so far ahead they could barely match it with diesels. Phenomenal. Uh, so good news, Robin, in every sense of the word. We've got the fabulous Joanne Graham in the uh, podcast studio as well, for that point of view, the home uh, of the Heritage Morton's uh, Railway podcast that happens to be Siren FM at the University of Lincoln, of course. But, uh, Joanne, you've got some exciting news about a, a special Heritage Railway app. That's right, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, Morton's, we've released this fantastic Heritage Railway app, which is free through the App Store. And we have a few fantastic features, including some of our bookazines. And one in particular, which I thought was particularly relevant to today's oh, podcast. On the case. Yes, definitely. Which is over 65 years ago. <laughs> the Railway Magazine published a two-part feature called Sir Nigel Gresley's Locomotive Designs, Proposal and Construction from 1923 to 1941. And we've reproduced the pages 
in the app. It's only 69p, which is fantastic considering you've got some of the original illustrations of the proposals. It's a wonderful little feature. It's just phenomenal. It's great stuff. And people can get that hold of that app. How? Through the App Store on their iPhones, mm. iPads, everything like that. The are. app is free, but the feature is 69p. I hope you're paying attention, Robin, because I know you're a keen app person. Don't go there. It's a different line entirely. <laughs> uh, Robin, it's been great touching base with your good self. Uh, coming up uh, still on the program, we're going to be speaking to uh, the wonderful uh, Brian Sharp, who's uh, going to have, uh, I think, one of his two uh, views and things with respect to that. What, what are you doing yourself? I mean, you seem to be constantly on location. Are we ever going to see you in the studio? Um, me? Yes. Yeah, well, I certainly will come in the studio. I'd love to have the experience. There yeah. we are. You see, it's a Robin Sharp will return very shortly. And uh, for now, though, we celebrate this fabulous routine. Uh, I also plug for Mallard 75, celebrating Britain's greatest steam movement, all six surviving A4s reunited in York. Of course, you're the editor uh, and author of, of this wonderful bookazine, and it's available, as we said, from... Uh, Obviously, all good bookstores and, and heritage and, of course, the railway museums and so on. Robin, will speak again very soon. You're listening to the Morton's Heritage Railway podcast. Yes, OK. So I know, I know. It's, it's, it's obvious it's Robin Jones. Robin Jones, not Robin Sharp, quite rightly. So it's Brian Sharp. That's the important thing. And Brian, you're on location. Well, I was thinking, you, in many ways, we haven't seen you both together in the same room, you see. I thought it might be just a case of, you know, Robin Sharp, Brian Jones. No, separate scenarios. <laughs> Brian, welcome back to edition three of the Heritage, uh, Morton's Heritage Railway podcast. You were with us, of course, for the, uh, the launch edition, and you're currently just about to go into Shielden, I guess. That's right. I'm at the Locomotion Museum where we've got the lineup of the six A4 Pacifics of the LNER. Uh, just hold on a moment. Oh, it's it's this excitement that always comes through. It's the liveness that you, yeah. other podcasts might try to actually uh, match this, but they, they, don't, they don't get that kind of sense of anticipation, Jeff. You know, that kind of build up on the whole thing. Is, is, is he going to be let in? Will they actually you know, decide to say, no, you haven't got the tickets? You're not on the list. Don't go in. Go away. <laughs> No, well, we've found a way in. We're oh, <laughs> but we've got to walk through to the side door. Ah, <laughs> right. the old side so door we're entrance. Walking, walking past the engines now, um, so we can see them, but it's just we can't actually get across to them. Ah, well, never mind. And, um, they had um, apparently 17,000 people here on Sunday, and if anything, there's more here today. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously half term, and it's just brought all the locals out to see it. That must be a challenge. That must be a challenge of children. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's not the town that's geared up for these kind of crowds. Not quite, no. <laughs> Brian, we, we put this question to, to Robin earlier. Um, from your own perspective, is this very much a case of all your Christmases coming together at once? Is this ultimately, this is it, this is this is a steam engine enthusiast's dream? Um, I think it's more of a sort of general public attitude to steam engines. It's a lineup of six engines, which to the enthusiast is not quite um, what it's all about. Um, with people all around them, um, most of us, I think, would rather see engines actually um, moving and, and running. And um, it, it's really, to me, it's a huge contrast to um, the 50th anniversary of Mallard's um, 1938 speed record when Mallard was actually steamed and ran around the country pulling trains. Now it's um, static, it's not able to be steamed and um, really it's just 
six engines. The, the attraction, of course, is the fact that two of the A4s have been brought back from North America, especially for this, mm. which was a huge logistical exercise. And this is the last time to see them before they go back to North America. Yeah. Mm, exactly. So it's hardly likely to be replicated in the near future. Dwight D. Eisenhower's on the platform today if things are going to schedule. Have you cabbed it before? Um, yes, I'm sure I have, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in fact, I remember seeing all the A4 Pacifics by 1963 when I was nine. Really? <laughs> but it's nice to see them again for the first time in 40 years. If, if anybody else had said that, Brian, they might think they were being boastful, but no, you could just say that, you know, nine-year-olds, <laughs> like Mozart, you know, have worked through that. Yeah, yeah. Cabbed it. I must add that to my list of, I wasn't aware of that little, little term in my glossary. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so um, we're about to go in the doorway now. Okay. Well, right. whilst you're doing that, Jeff, have you got another little fascinating fact that you'd like to share with us about any of the, the engine, any of the six sort of engines that are actually there? I know you've got a range of the things. Well, there, it, right? it, it is a shame that, uh, that, that steam engines are becoming uh, static exhibits, mm. but uh, we're very, very lucky in that, of course, three of the A4s are still in steam. And, um, you know, Nigel Gresley Bittern and um, Union of South Africa are still, still earning their keep. Mm. Which I suppose is a tribute to the engineering that went into them in the first place and the longevity of the whole factor that was around within that. Um, as we said, we were lucky to, to speak to the grandson of Sir Nigel Gresley, Tim Godfrey, uh, earlier in the, in the programme today. Um, but there's even more excitement because we mentioned this earlier. It's, it's time we mentioned it again. This, this, this killer application that's around for a mere 69 pence, Stuart. How, how can people actually get hold of this one if they haven't sort of already taken this down or played the podcast back from the start? Yeah, well, basically, it's really easy to get a hold of. You just go to the App Store through iTunes and you search for Heritage Railway and it's just there, it's free. And then from there, you have access to our regular Heritage Railway editions plus a couple of our bookazines, including the Settle and Kalal Revival by, uh, by Brian which Sharp. Was, which, of course, yeah. was the, the, where we launched, really. I, f- we launched, I feel, yeah. Brian, that the Settle and Carlisle revival line will always have a special place in our memories just because it, <laughs> it, it, it launched the whole thing. It's, it's, it's wonderful, really. And then there's other things as well, like um, like the Sir Nigel Gresley... Mm. Heaps of goodies, exactly, yes, and the Mallard 75 and all all the sort of wonderful things that's actually around there. Have you got in then as yet, Brian? Oh, we haven't got in yet. (laughs) It's all right. We're inside the museum, surrounded by engines and people. Fantastic. And and, and the general atmosphere, would you say that, you know, there's a lot of energy there? We always get a sense of the atmosphere of a particular place. And and, and when... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, there's a lot of people um, probably have never been here before. It's um, it's set up here as a sort of overflow from the National Railway Museum at York. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great big sort of barn full of engines and coaches that wouldn't otherwise be on display. And it's in a a fairly fairly remote area, really, well to the north of York. And and it's also on the... um, on the route of the old Stockton and Darlington Railway, um, which ran right past here, and which was the very first um, public railway in the world. Um, there's a, a bridge that you can see from the rear window of the museum, and the bridge goes over what was the big shoulder marshalling yards that it developed into, but at first it was a tiny little bridge, half the size of your average railway bridge, just about big enough for a horse and cart to go under it and that is the original Stockton and Darlington Railway Bridge um, but I would imagine not a lot of people realise the historical significance of um, what they're looking at if they look out the rear window of this building 
Which is great. Jeff, have you ever been there to Shildon and the, the sort of the railway area that side? Is it? I, I say, have you ever? It's kind of, I presume you have. Yes. Several <laughs> times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a way, it's a way forward. Um, any other questions you want to put, Jeff, at this stage as we begin to come to the end of, good heavens, the third podcast, which has been, you can almost run this as a two-parter with part two and part three, really. So anyway, any questions for yourself? I just, I'm, I'm just wondering what you think of the uh, building new locomotives, uh, obviously Tornado 60163, and uh, there's a proposal to, uh, to build more. Um, do you think that's a good idea? Um, it does fill gaps in the collection of steam engines that exist. Uh, my personal feeling is that for a fraction of the cost, there's a lot of historic engines, particularly in the National Railway Museum's collection, which for the sake of a few boiler tubes and some new bearings could be put back in steam. Um, yes, they're a bit smaller than Tornado, for example. And um, Tornado, and this is an interesting point, is being followed by Cock of the North, which is, or in fact they're going to call it Prince of Wales, but um, the, the P2 class, which was bigger than the Pacifics, it was a 282 built for the heavy taxing route to Aberdeen in Scotland. Um, but they're going to build one of those next, and the mainframes are actually going to be starting to be cut at Darlington this Friday by James May, um, who people might recall was in the um, Race to the North um, Top Gear. He's a Top Gear bloke. He's doing stuff there, and he's doing wonderful stuff in his own mm. way, so why not? Yeah, the, yeah. The, Of course, yeah. the P2 was the uh, largest uh, passenger steam locomotive ever built in the UK. That's right. Yeah. See, that um, is why, Jeff, you become an essential part of the whole podcast program because you, know, you can just drop that in there. Just fantastic. It's genius. Well, Gressley also designed the largest steam locomotive in the UK, which was, of course, the U1 280082 Garrett. There you go. It, it's like a wonderful uh, railway almanac of, of top information. Uh, Brian, I, I feel the excitement of where you're going to get in the door. You have got in the door. You've got in the side door. You're there together with, obviously, uh, earlier uh, contact with Robin Jones and the reprise of the interview with Tim Godfrey, of course, grandson of Sir Nigel Gresley and heaps of other goodies, plus, of course, the fabulous Heritage Railway app that's actually there and the debut on the podcast of Joanna Graham, always exciting, uh, has, has brought us through to almost unparalleled levels of, of, of scenario. So shall we look ahead to, to Podcast 4 and seek to do it all again then? Yes, I think we will, we'll have to think about another topic because um, the A4s are now um, just about old hat and something's got to come along to replace it in the uh, in the programme of events and, and the railway business. There'll be all sorts of things there. To stop. But I do know people will be saying, yes, this is all very good, but how do we find out more? How do we actually get hold of the physicality of the magazine, the book scene, etc.? Uh, HeritageRailway.co.uk is the go-to website. You can like the Facebook package as well from that point of view. All heaps of other goodies, etc. And uh, available, of course, in... Uh, well, where are they available, Brian? Tell us, where can the listener actually get hold of their, their, their editions from uh, uh, Heritage Railway, uh, the Complete Steam well, News magazine, and more? Well, Heritage Railway is on sale at virtually all news agents, um, particularly the larger chains, and is increasingly on sale in um, the big supermarkets. Um, the bookazines are effectively produced for WH Smiths. 
Um, so that's the first port of call, but they are available um, from Morton's either by phone or um, online. There you go. There we are. That, that's that's all we need. Fantastic stuff there. Uh, Brian, enjoy the rest of the trip from that point of view if you are listening to this before. When does the exhibition come to an actual end? Because if people are listening to this and as you say, you know, it's still sort of... When, so it, it is. So if, if, it's, if it's after the 23rd of February in the year of our Lord 2014, sorry, it's gone. But if it's before, you can still get to Shield and actually catch up with the exhibition there and all sorts of other factors. Uh, gentlemen and ladies, of course, many thanks indeed. Uh, enjoy the rest of the bits and pieces that you actually see there. Sorry, that's a non-trained person's line there. That won't get me cabbing at all. <laughs> enjoy the events, and we'll catch up with uh, the Heritage Railway Podcast uh, Edition 4 very soon. If you like trains, if you like vintage trains, then this is the podcast for you. 